Motown Rundown. Welcome back. Welcome in. Today is Wednesday, December 8th. Little Victory Wednesday. It's Victory Wednesday. Yeah, it sure is, Trent. Little dinner time recording action here. I guess, yeah. So this is the first uh this is the first Motown rundown in about 365 plus days that we are recording an episode post Lions win, correct? Is this true? Yes, it is. I true. mean, God, is that sad or what? But here we are nonetheless. So Obviously, we'll talk Lions today. Um, we did your uh, Javi Baez signing last week with the Tigers. Um, we're going to start with wings. We'll sprinkle in some pistons. But before we get going, how is everyone? Let's catch up. How Trent, I know Trent's on cloud nine. Yep. This is this has been the best week of my school year so far because <laughs> I have I have wrapped up my finals for the most part. Wait, and- you're done? Pretty much. I've got like a couple papers to write, but that's, you know, how that goes in college. When is, not... is finals next week, Trent? Yeah. Yep. Next week. So okay. this is the last week Did you, what's it called? Cause uh, I mean, I was up there last year, so I still have all the like last year with COVID, they had all these like line leap and all these different bar apps to get in. And I get yeah. all these notifications still. Cause I never know if I'm going to be back up there or whatever. I just keep them. You're still on and every mailing list. Yeah, basically for bars, not anything that's oh, like would help God. me as a human. But um, right. there was like a bar crawl on like a Tuesday. I was like, is there is there a reason for this? And then I put two and two together. I'm like, oh, finals are not sweet. Yeah. So everyone's yeah. Th- this week is actually pretty crazy. Yeah, I know. Uh, people are getting it out before like this weekend. People are getting after it right now. That's yeah. that's why I love Michigan State because it's like any any person that is like you know there's those people out there on campus, but you think you know you be proactive, you start studying now, you get your class work done, so you don't have to worry about extra assignments, and everyone's just like, well, I'm gonna have to be miserable next week, so I might as well just go to the bar five days in a row this week. I know it's funny. It's like I'm I'm gonna get ahead of not studying so I can cram for the next two days and yeah you know what i mean i was always a great i i could only cram like i i would consider myself a procrastinator but i think it was calculated from the standpoint of i just knew that my brain my brain would not allow me to sit down a week before an exam and study because i'd just be like why the fuck am i studying for this exam i don't have it for another week i'd rather do i'd rather do it the night before and stay up till three o'clock in the morning well, that's the thing, Rabs. It's like the people who tell you, and it's always high school teachers, cramming doesn't work. Yes, it does. It, yeah. it, like everyone's brain, everyone's brain is extent. different. To, to an extent. Well, yes, you got to know, you got to pick and choose your battles there in terms of cramming, but it absolutely works. It's a method that works for a lot of things. Like memorization okay, works like for a, a lot of stuff. Ma- these are, we got one business major, and we got two journalism majors. <laughs> I don't think we should be talking about that. <laughs> it's not like we're like it. Every person who's like getting their like medical degree or like was a chem major right now yeah. is like ripping their hair out. Yeah, they're like, yeah, yeah you can cram. I've been studying this book the last two. Months. I actually had a, uh, I had a. This is my second one I've had in the last couple of weeks. But I had a networking call with a young fella today that's uh, at Michigan State. They have this one of these classes they're taking. They do this thing called the Wisdom Project where they have to reach out to alumni and. Like, you know, ask them questions about a their career and stuff. Or some advice. Right? Dude, I, I've, I've always said, like, when I've had to be on the other side of those things or when people have come in to speak, I've always been like, that's what I want to be. Like, my dream is to one day be like 35 years old and come back and speak to a class. Just about show like, my experience. No, just Dude, give it, I, I remember give I had to. 
I had to interview Rabs for a for an assignment way before COVID, like when we were doing all this stuff, and and he gave great answers. Well, like, didn't you didn't you text like you made me like text the answers to you? Like we didn't even have an actual conversation. No, no, like, no, hey, no, I have no. These we, questions? Can you text me the answers? That was for that was for a, that was a different thing. School. That, that yeah. was. You have to ask a uh, lot of people some questions. You want to oh, talk about asking yeah, people who don't want to hear your questions, like questions. Go to the, go to journalism school. Collins interviewed get, me. I think no, not even you. It's just like you have to like ask like people the most uncomfortable. Like I don't know. And they're, great, they're like, great. happy I got my degree. <laughs> yeah, me too. Collins, how's your life? How's how's like the work life going? It's fine. Give know, us an man. update. I mean, it is what work it is. is work. Work is work, right, Collins? Job's a job, right? Job's a job. Hey, job here's work. some. Here's. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I'm I, speaking I about your job. I have. I have, I, have, I have exciting news in the world of Detroit sports. As Share of uh, as of a day or two ago, Olympia Entertainment is now officially Illich Sports and Entertainment. Really? Oh yeah. What's it called? For the brand, and, and they just hired in uh, Chris McGowan from the Portland Trailblazers. Well, so so now, that. when when the Tigers don't spend money, we can get mad at you. You can be the poster child. Yes. Um. I, I like yeah. Olympia. Why did they change names? That's not a weird I don't. Thing. I this is kind. I don't know. Like how I hope I like don't get in trouble. I don't know. I'm gonna listen to this. Like from from the company, but I believe the. Wait, uh, I come on. We have a well, far reach. No, 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 no. I'm saying like <laughs> I don't know if like people I work with listen to the podcast, but I'm kidding, I, I'm I believe kidding. the idea was like I think long term they want to. You know how like the Yankees have the Yes Network. Well, yeah, there's been rumors that they want to put their yeah, own network they're, together. They're trying to do stuff like that, and I think trying to make uh, more of a like a family atmosphere between the companies for like, the Tigers and the Wings and the Pistons and the Fox Theater. Like they're trying to make everything more under one umbrella, I suppose. So I think there's other things like behind the scenes that maybe moving to ISC might like entail as far as because right now, like if you there's something where like if you work. Uh, games at Comerica Park is like an usher you can't work at LCA like there's weird so I think they're trying to like tear I don't know but the, that's the yeah, thing I get what you're I, saying I get what you're saying I always, corporate I always, synergy yeah I always joke with people yeah. though because for anyone like I obviously like Olympia Entertainment I've, I've like known for you know for a long time of like what the you know at least that the group exists because you know like Olympia Stadium where the wings used to play and Olympia was just kind of one of those things that went hand in hand with the Illiches and like the Red Wings and stuff. But if you tell someone like off the street, like, Oh, what do you do for work? And you're like, Oh, I work for Olympia entertainment. They're like, what is that? A strip club? Like, what do you like, you know, but like Illich sports and entertainment now, like that's, you know, people, yeah. people go, Ooh, like now it's, Oh, you changed. Uh, what's it called? You changed a uh, business card. Do you have a business card? Rabs? Um, I have a business card for the freelance work that I do with this hockey, other hockey company. I do not have a business card for Olympia. No, I probably should. I need to, that's the thing. Just, I, I love, I like, how much does a business card, like how much does it cost to get a stack of business cards? I don't know. Probably not that much. You could probably I feel like you get on. some funny ones, but I feel like that's a yeah. loser move. Well, the thing is that I was, when I came back to work in like April or whatever, like after COVID was done and everyone kind of came back, I got so, cause I was in one role for like two months and then they moved me back to the role I was supposed to take post-grad. And I've just been so lazy with like everything that has to do with like, work that's not work like i have not updated my linkedin to my new position i have not updated my facebook like i'm just like kind of off the grid like people think i'm like not an active human but gotta mix that up so that was that was exciting but 
I also have uh, Christmas cookies have officially entered the household. So I am just just completely throwing the towel in on my health until December for or, well, that, or that's, January that's okay. 1st. You're, that's okay, Rabs, because your New Year's resolution can be to stop eating cookies or whatever. No, my New Year's resolution, I would just like to – and, like, here's the thing. Anyone that knows me, I'm a very passionate person, and, like, it's – like, I – when I do something and you're all in, you're all in on stuff. I do it. I do it. But the thing is there's times where like, I'll like, like the wheels will fall off the wagon for a day. And then I get so disgusted by it that like the wheels fall off for like a week. And then it just compounds into like, Oh, remember how you were working out really consistently for three months. And now I haven't been in the gym in like a month. So my new year's resolution, and I know we're kind of like a ways away from it, but starting January 1st, I would just like to be an absolute, I'm going to be an absolute weapon. Like, I think I'm just going to get shredded and just be looking good, clean. Like right now, I'm just like, I just feel fat. Like every day I wake up, I'm like, I am gross. Every single day I wake up. Collins, you might know that feeling as a former fat guy where you just like wake up. You're like, I I have more in me. You're like, you know what I mean? It's like, this is, this is how I should be. I don't like, what's it called? I was like, I would say, yeah, I was pretty fat for like a year. I was chubby. You weren't. Yeah, I was younger too. Like yeah, I wasn't so like fine. You Baby weren't, fat. and you're not fat, Rebs. But I know what you're saying. But when I was at that stage, Rebs, I didn't want to work out. I was like, I just want to eat. <laughs> pret- I just, I, I want to eat. Pretzels. You were so content. You're yeah, like, this I was all fine. I I'll like, just eat pretzels and hang out in the basement, watch Netflix. I'm good. The, yeah, this is just this is one of those things that we're like. I'm. I wake up every day and I'm just like. I actually took one of the. And we're going so off on a tangent. I took um a post-grad survey from MSU. I love taking those surveys. I love contributing to the data pool. And like they, every now and then they'll give you like Amazon gift cards. I think cards. you're the only one who does. So I okay. always do it. But one of the questions was like, uh, like I strongly disagree to strongly agree. I like the way that I look in the, when I look in the mirror and I was just like, eh, disagree. Like, I'm fine with it. I'm not like bent out of shape. It's just like, I have more in me. Like, this is not my final form, you know? Well, you, you've got you've got more to this give. Got, this got so sad. This got January first, you're gonna squeeze it out. Yeah, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start putting my foot on the gas. Jan- just just let me. I just need these next couple weeks to just like sit around and like finish my Christmas shopping and just like eat like house cookies, and then come January first, we're just back on track. And if not, like 2020, I think 2020 2022 is gonna be my year. That's like I'm just I'm putting it out there now. I think I'm, like some big moves will be made. Watch well, out! Called? When you, you, I like how you talked about spiraling. Whenever I like, I don't like I didn't use the word spiraling, but no, but if that's how it came off, diet. <laughs> we call a spade a spade. Too far I, gone. Is spiral that like spiraling no, out of control? It's not what I meant. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Like, like sometimes when you're like yes. you're locked in, you're like your diet or whatever, and then yeah. you're just like. For me, it's like you go up to Michigan State for a weekend. You have like thirty beers, and you Pretty have much. like it's like well, you're I might as well have food all day. Oh, and yeah, then exactly. and then on Sunday, you're like, you know what? Maybe I should go to the gym after. You're like, nah, I'm just gonna sit on the couch for eight yeah. hours, get Chinese food, yep. and watch football. So like, yes. and then on like Monday, you're like, nah, I shouldn't. So I get what you're saying. Yeah, but, like I need a buffer day to like get back on. Tr- yeah, I yeah, like I, I just make, I'm just good. Like, maybe I'll just eat good today, and I don't have to go to the gym. Yeah, so that's that. But Christmas cookies are here. Um, okay. Anything Christmas else? Christmas cookies are here. <laughs> anything else before we get rolling? No, that's all. Okay. Well, uh, I think we'll change the pace here because I feel like we never start with Red Wings, but we will start Red with Red Wings. Red Wings. Red Wings. So I know, like, best team in the city. 
best team. They in the are, by and far. we've talked about this. We've talked about this before because I think not including the Tigers. We've recorded an episode like during the win streak, um, up until last night. Last night being Tuesday when they lost to the Predators five to two. Um, five game heater for the Wings. Uh, 4-2 win over the Blues, 3-2 over the Sabres in OT. They go on the road and beat the Bruins in a game they had no business winning. Uh, and they beat the Kraken for their first time at uh, Little Caesars Arena, 4-3 in a shootout. And they take the Islanders to overtime win that one, 4-3. Um, so I guess like just some takeaways. Obviously, we talked about Lucas Raymond wins, wins Rookie of the Month. Um, Mo Sider's obviously been outstanding as well. Um, I don't know. I would say like, I, I think the, the, the main takeaway thus far that I have like through this winning streak is you've seen the wings kind of commit more to Alex Nadelkovich essentially like it's his net and Thomas Grice will, will be in there to, you know, break up, break up games or give him a bit of a breather and whatnot. Um, so Nadelkovich was in that for the game against the predators last night, they do play the blues on the road tomorrow. Um, so I'm anticipating that uh, Thomas Grice will see, probably see one of those games between the blues game tomorrow and they play the avalanche on Friday. So obviously you can anticipate them splitting those games, but they've at least made the commitment to Alex Nadelkovich. Like, like this is his net, I think at this point, and it took him a couple weeks um, into the season to kind of get comfortable and to really find his game. Um, but he's been outstanding as of late. I mean, just, just from the standpoint of, you know, he makes these big saves that you can kind of feel the momentum shift in the game um, when, you know, because he's so athletic and he's able to move from post to post so well. And he's just kind of one of those goalies that just like springy and loose and he's got those oily hips. And sometimes you need those big saves to, to, to get your to get your team kind of back in the game and um, at least, you know, it, to get the morale up. So, I mean, between him and Grice, and don't get me wrong, like this is no slight to Thomas Grice. I just think this is kind of what, what has been – the plan all along, especially after you go get Delkovich, it's like, we need to find a guy that we can, you know, trust to carry the load and for it to be his net. And we're going to be very confident with who our goaltender is that backs him up. And well, for them to, we'll they got to match up, goes. they got to match up the timeline too, you know, like he's younger, so right. like on the same timeline as the other guys. Right. Exactly. So um, I guess looking at the team as a whole, um, if we can, if we can like take a look at the standings, there was a little bit of time and, and it's still weird. Like, the Wings have 26 games played. The Bruins are right behind them. They have 21. Um, but for the most part of the top now, everyone's kind of caught each other with um, with games played. And it's the usual suspects at the top of the Atlantic. Uh, the Leafs have 38 points. Um, they're also tied with, with Florida with 38 points. But Florida has uh, two less games in hand than the Maple Leafs. Then you have the Lightning in third with 36 points. And then uh, with 26 games played, you have the Wings with 29 um, in fourth. And I said this, I've said this before. I don't see the wings and, and maybe I haven't said this explicitly, but I'm going to make the claim. Now I do not see the red wings finishing worse than fifth in this division. And I say that because the Sabres are the Sabres and you know, like they move Jack Eichel, they bring Alex Tuck back over. I don't think he's quite healthy enough to play yet, but the Sabres have lost five in a row. The Habs have lost four in a row as well. Dude, they just fired their GM. Montreal sucks. 
Yeah, they've – I mean, that kind of goes back to the Stanley Cup last year where people were kind of up in the air. Like, guys, ah, is this team actually really good or just kind of a fluke type of deal? I mean, they have some nice players. They lost Jasperi Kotkaniemi to an offer sheet to Carolina, obviously. So you take away one of their uh, top two centers there. Um, and the Senators are, you know, just kind of really behind the pack. And this, the Senators are a team that I think people last year probably looked at them and think and thought of them similarly to how the wings are now of where it's like, okay – they have some nice pieces and they're kind of putting some things together. And I think the senators have taken a bit of a step back so far this year. So, you know, I think that's just a testament to like two teams that kind of started their rebuild around the same amount of time. And have both been pretty terrible the last, you know, a couple of years, even if you want to throw, if you want to throw the Bruins, I'm sorry, the Sabres into that mix of just teams that have kind of had to commit to the rebuild and have struggled to find their feet. Like the Red Wings, I think are, I don't know if you want to call them ahead of schedule, but in comparison to the rest of the teams, like they, they have, we, we talk about it every week, but they, they've just been such a, such a pleasant surprise. And even, even last night against Nashville. Um, and I wouldn't say, you know, unless you're going to Nashville to watch the wings play, like, I don't think the Nashville predators are a team that bring a ton of people to the arena, especially on a Tuesday night. But I mean, there was probably close to like 13,000 people in the building. I mean, it was awesome. And I think that's just the biggest thing. And you hear the, you hear the the coaching staff and you hear the players talk about like what, what just the home ice advantage they have. And, you know, for a second there, I think that uh, I'm trying to remember how the game, the game went last night. Um, as far as I, I think the wings might've brought it within three, two or four, two, like they got a jump there and they were flying around for a bit, but um, the bottom line with that game, like I think you could tell very, very quickly in the game, the wings just didn't have it. And I don't really know like why, because, it's not like the wings are coming off, like playing the night before or anything like that. But um, I mean, David Riddich only had to see 16 shots come his way and they had like nine shots for, it felt like pretty much the entire game. Almost um, the Dalkovich stops 30, I'm sorry, 28 pucks on uh, 32 shots again. So not his best effort, but um, you know, the, it, it whatever they, they can't, you're not going to win them all. Right. So um, awesome win streak. And especially to, especially to come off the heels of, of that losing streak that you had, and at least just get people excited to watch you play. Um, they do travel to St. Louis tomorrow. That game's at eight o'clock, um, before then staying on the road and playing Colorado, which I mean, the avalanche are obviously a strong team. So, um, they have, they have some tough games coming up. You're going to have the blues who they owe you a game. And, you know, that's one of those things where going to play on the road. And I think they still have a lot to prove on the road. Um, but they'll see the blues. They'll see the abs. They'll come back at home against the Islanders. The Islanders have been an absolute mess this year. I mean, you can blame it on like they started the year playing 13 road games in a row because their arena wasn't ready yet. And now they're playing, you know, now they got like the COVID bugs going around too, but you see the abs, you'll see the hurricanes, you'll see, uh, the wild. Um, so, you know, it doesn't, doesn't get any easier here. So you're, it's another test of like, you're going to see what this team's made of. And I would say, I mean, you know, it's one of those things where we look at this Red Wings team and, you know, I've, I think I made the comment last week about just how, I don't think this is a team that you're going to see, like get embarrassed very often. Last night was a bit embarrassing from the standpoint of like, they just couldn't get the puck to the net. And like, I thought Nashville did, who's historically a really good defensive team. I thought Nashville did a great job of clogging the middle of the ice, like really weren't letting the wings get any second chance pucks. And, you know, not a lot of offense generated in that game. You don't have Tyler Bertuzzi because uh, COVID protocols. I mean, he's the only guy left in the NHL who's not vaccinated. I don't really care to go down that road, but I don't know 
Why when not, this Rash? guy's supposed to come back? <laughs> well, just like, I mean, like at this point, it's like, I'm it's, kidding, it's, kinda, I'm it's almost like <laughs> unbelievable. Like of like every single player on any, every NHL roster is vaccinated, but Bertuzzi, whatever his life, not mine. Is that like true? Yes. Yeah, he's the only, player, he yeah, is the only, only player in the NHL. Wait, really? Yep. Yes. Singular. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know when he's supposed to come back, but I, I think we kind of saw this last year too, when, when Bertuzzi got hurt and you had to move Fabry up to that. Sorry. Yeah. It's, I mean, it is amazing. Well, dude, really you know funny. what it is? It really speaks to American ignorance and yeah, Rams. We don't have, to I don't care that. about that. No, it, no, it just, I think it's, it's the, funny. Most of these guys Canadian. Most of these guys are not from here, and they actually listen to science and whatever. I don't have He's to. He's Canadian, Bert's yeah. Canadian. But either way, no. But I, but what I was saying is, is I think that you, you kind of got a taste of this last season when Bertuzzi got hurt, and they had to move uh, Robbie Fabry up to that first line primarily, and it just didn't have the same feel as as when Bertuzzi was healthy. And you know, granted, like. You know, you had Verona that was that was in the mix, and and now with Lucas Raymond on the first line, like it's a it's a bit of a different look when Robbie Fabry comes to be that to be that third piece of that line. Um, but you know, thus far, like it it just doesn't have the same feel. You know, Bert, Tyler Bertuzzi has shown you that when he is in the lineup. He is a difference maker, whether you think he, you know, like, oh, on, on a good team. I always say it too, on a good team, he's a middle six forward or whatever. He has completely exceeded expectations. I mean, and, and only having played, you know, 20 games this year and having 18 points. And, you know, those 20 games are a combination of him having to miss games because of travel with COVID and having to miss games because he has COVID right now. Um, but either way, I mean, looking at your stat, like looking at your stats, I mean, Mo Sider has 17 points in 25 games. Um, Lucas Raymond leads your team in points, 22 points in 25 games. And just, just the fact that like, this is a rookie that's not carrying your team because the first line has been really good, but just to see him produce the way that he has, and, you know, hopefully knock on wood that both guys stay healthy and he's so they good. Keep, they keep trending upwards, but I could really see, I mean, Cider and Raymond are going to finish one, two in Calder voting, like in, in some way, shape or form where well, I, I, th- I would have to think that Lucas Raymond probably takes the cake there, at least what you've seen so far from him. I mean, you know, just from like, I mean, most cider pops in an overtime goal, like from Lucas Raymond. I don't know. The feed was from Suter. I'm sorry. It was, it was Adina to Suter to, to cider, but just like things like that, that where they're actually making like a tangible difference. And I think most Sider's game, I mean, he's a, he's a plus three on the year, but just, just his play from the standpoint of how, how sound he is technically defensively. And he's so long and big and just is able to keep guys to the outside. And, and he's a physical presence too, which the wings really, really like haven't had in recent memory. I mean, maybe like you can give like Luke Glenn Benning the nod on something like that. But with that being said, um, I guess moving on here, like with the rest of the team, uh, you're, you're still kind of looking for that consistent production from, from secondary lines. I mean, I think that there's been some great games where the fourth line has contributed. Um, I don't know if that was the Islanders game that I'm thinking of or the game before where I think there were a couple goals that came off of the fourth line. Um, but you know, with that, like second line, I think the more and more you see the second line with Suter and Fabry, and it's usually Zadina hasn't really been as strong as you may have hoped. Like I think Pew Suter has kind of come on a bit late here with 12 points. Um, and, and, you know, at least the one thing I loved last night too, against the Preds is you, you have, you have two guys drop the mitts and Giovanni Smith and Dan Reno for however you say his last name. Um, but I like, that's just the kind of stuff where 
as hockey has gone on, like over the years, you see less and less of like the, like, you know, the true fighting and guys squaring up and stuff. And especially for the wings, like usually your guy that's dropping the mitts is like Jonathan Erickson, just cause he's like six foot 10, you know, and like, that's just kind of the, the, the gist of it. But, you know, now that you have guys like Giovanni Smith in the lineup and, you know, Dan Renouf is obviously trying to uh, make a name for himself here in the NHL. Um, but other than that, uh, you know, Joe Valeno, was off to a hot start when he first came up three points in 10 games. You're looking to get him going. They're actually playing him on the wing up in the, uh, in that top six, middle six uh, pairing. So other than that, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't think I have a ton. Um, It just, you know, uh, you gotta, you gotta just show who you are here in these next handful of games. You know, you're playing some tough teams and there's a lot of good teams in the, uh, in the NHL that you're going to have to see this year. So um, we'll see what they're made of, but again, I'm just been, more than impressed with this with this program well good go wings i my only thing my only takeaway that i wanted to ask you about rabs is like i don't x's and o's i don't i know nothing rasmussen seems kind of like disappointing thoughts yeah i mean i saw a tweet the other day rabs said so rasmussen's a new erickson what's going on (laughs) <laughs> I, I think I think the thing with Michael Rasmussen is he his size jumps out at you immediately, right? Like I think he's like six five, six six as a centerman, and the reason why that's so valuable is because especially in the defensive zone, just to have that long reach, to have that big body that supports your defenseman in the defensive zone, you know, being able to get a stick in lane and in lanes and and break up pucks. It's a very valuable asset to have, to, to have someone that size. I mean, you think of like big centers in the league, like Anze Kopitar, for example, is that big stockier, you know, like he can, he, he pretty defensively responsible, great two-way player. So um, obviously Michael Rasmussen was a Ken Holland draft pick. I always get these drafts mixed up of like who got taken after Rasmussen and whatnot. But if I can remember, I think there were a couple decent, like pretty solid players that were taken after him in hindsight's 2020, you know, but um, the, and he did score last night at a nice two on one um, that he banged in. But I would say the disappointing thing with Michael Rasmussen is that like, sometimes he looks very lethargic and admittedly he is, he, he's not a tremendous skater. And that was the one big positive that came out of him playing overseas last year um, during the COVID year was you know, getting to play like tier one pro hockey. I think I'm pretty sure he was in Sweden, like Cider was, um, but his skating had improved a ton. Um, the, I, I just think that he, for someone, his size is, you know, there's, you, you'd like to see him get in the mix more as far as being able to throw his weight around and, you know, really, really using his size as an, like proactively as an advantage, not just, you know, like trying as like in the sense of, defending the puck and being able to maintain possession with defenders on him. Like, yeah, he's, he's that big to where he can just do that innately. But, you know, I just don't think that he is much of a presence so much as just like he, he plays on the perimeter a lot. Um, you know, when you can get him to the net and stick him in front of the net, he's, he's, he's very skilled and tight, you know, it's just, I don't know. And I, w- I would say the same thing with Zadina of just like, they're not really using their, their skill set to their advantage and, you know, sometimes on some nights you look at these guys and you're like, wow, they just like don't have it. You know, when I look at a guy like Sam Gagne and Mitchell Stevens, when when he was healthy and in the league, those guys bring it every night. Like those those guys are, you know, able to 
able to break up plays and able to produce, um, you know, just from the standpoint of, of, you know, generating offense and on, I like, like being hard on the four check and being tough to play against some nights, Rasmussen's just not tough to play against. And, and Phillips and is not tough to play against. So, you know, I, I think Rasmussen, like his, I, I, I'm, I'd have to think back to like when, when he was drafted as to what his ceiling was supposed to be. I mean, when you take a guy that high, I think he was picked ninth overall, You'd like to think that that's a guy that, okay, we can probably have this guy be one of our perennial players going forward. But with his size, and again, I wish his play style was a bit different to fit the role of what you're kind of looking for in your bottom six. But, you know, if, if, if Michael Rasmussen is your fourth line center for the next five to eight years, like I'm fine with that because he's got more skill than a lot of other guys do that, you know, play in those roles. And he has goal scoring ability. He just hasn't really, you know, I, I don't know if it's just like his motor's not there or, or what it is, or if he's disengaged, you know, I don't, I, I've, I've truly, and like, and not to, not to say that I have like ears in the locker room, but I have never really heard people being blown away with his work ethic. Um, and that's evident on the ice too. You know, I, I think like that's definitely a huge part of it. So I don't know, but it's, it's definitely valid. It's definitely valid. And it's, you know, I'm, I'm, Impre- not, I shouldn't say impressed to like patronize you, but it's it's telling that you, as someone who historically doesn't watch a lot of hockey, have, have noticed that because it's definitely the case. So you know, hey, Iser plan, he's bringing you know he brings in guys like Adam Murray, he brings in guys like Mitchell Stevens, um, you know Sam Gagne, like because 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 they play the game the way that Steve Eiserman wants the game to be played, defensively responsible, competent in all three zones, playing with some with some with some grit, and you know as time goes on. Um, you know, Steve Eiserman is not attached at the hip to Michael Rasmussen because he did not draft him. So, you know, if, if it's one of those things where, you know, Steve Eiserman thinks it's time to move on, then so be it. You know, he's, he's gotten a chance and he's going to play full time in the NHL this year. And I'm trying to think of what his contract is. I don't know if he has one more year or, or, or not, but, you know, I. So you don't see him. You don't see him as a piece in the future. I just, I don't see him. I don't see him being like a difference maker on your team. Like you might've wanted him to be, or thought he could be being the ninth overall pick. I would say he is definitely not performed up to where he was drafted and not all guys do. And I don't, again, I, if, if Ken Holland thought that this guy was supposed to be some, you know, top six forward, like look, a guy like, a guy like Quentin Byfield who was taken second or third overall. And was it last year or two years ago, two years ago, um, for the LA Kings, same type of frame as Rasmussen, a bit skinnier, but you know, he's got a high end skill and great skating ability that you kind of thought that like, you know, he's supposed to be the, their number one center on the Kings. And granted he's been hurt for pretty much the whole year, but I don't know if that's where Ken Holland's head was at. But like I said, if he's, I think you look at Michael Rasmussen and go, if he can, if he can produce for you and be a third line center, you know, that's, I would be over the moon with I'm fine with that. Like that, I think that's a role that he can play fine and 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 you move on. You know, you keep moving. And again, young kid. They're all a lot of these guys are still very young. It's just gonna be a matter of who's ready from from in Grand Rapids is gonna come up and take and take spots at some point because you can't you can't play everyone, you know. So so we'll have to see. But yeah, that's that. That's all I got for wings. Uh, do we want to move into Pistons for a second? Or, I mean, yeah. try, it sounds like you have yeah. a little change of heart of where you're at what's with this program. TV before what's it? Actually, you go in your spiel, and then I got a possible little trade thing. Okay. 
Does it involve Jeremy Grant? No. Okay, okay, okay. Just I just wanted to tease. It um, might actually. Not a thing about it. I'm just spit. We're spitballing out we're here. Spitballing. The Pistons are very unwatchable right now. So you gotta if you're gonna bring some Pistons content. You might as well make up a fake trade that probably will never happen. Right, right, right. Um, my thing with the Pistons, Rabs, that you alluded to is just we all know how high I was on the team coming in. I, I didn't necessarily think they were. You know, I, I don't think I was slamming Kool Aid by any means. I thought they would be a play-in team, like a nine or a ten. And I, I thought mean, that, that was, was a very reasonable thing to think, though. I thought so too. They were and trending guess, upwards, and now they've take completely gone back. The problem is what you have seen from the Pistons is the guys last season who played well with the chip on their shoulder, who you know weren't renowned and, and defenses didn't really focus on these types of guys like Frank Jackson and, and even Josh Jackson to an extent. And, and it's, those guys have noticeably regressed and it's just, that was such a big building block for me and my mind of, of my projection of this team this season. So what this season has shifted to, in my opinion, is Cade Cunningham is the best rookie in the game. He's a, he's, he's top five among rookies and everything. He's also leading rookies and a lot of stats that jump out at you, like fourth quarter points, points per drive, uh, touches. He's just, he, he's also, he's, he's second in, in rebounding for rookies as a, as a guard or, or excuse me, he's fourth. He's averaging six and a half rebounds a game as a guard. So I just, the, the more you peel, peel it back, Cade Cunningham has been fantastic. And I don't think I need to elaborate on that. Cause anyone who's watched the he's single, he's going to shoot 40% from three two he's knocked out excellent excellent he's yeah. an excellent shooter and he has the yeah. greenest of lights with Dwayne Casey and and I guess that's my last thing is just this team has completely my expectations have shifted to you're going to be in the lottery again you're probably going to get like a top three pick they have the worst record in the league right now the Pistons do so and, and we're coming up on Christmas and you know Collins you gotta talk me off the ledge here because I think I want to say a month ago when we talked, maybe it was a month and a half ago, I said that if the Pistons don't have double-digit wins by Christmas, Dwayne Casey should be fired. And yeah, you said that. They are very clearly not going to have double-digit wins by Christmas unless they start unless they go on a streak here. Yeah, I, 2-9 at, the, at LCA this season. That's abysmal. I don't know, dude. It's just It's been a little bit of a buzzkill. Sadiq Bey hasn't really taken the step that I thought he would. He's been good. He's been fine. He's still, he's still a knockdown shooter. He's a good defender. He has size. He's been, he's been fine. Killian Hayes has taken a little bit of a step. Cade Cunningham has been everything we've wanted him to be. Isaiah Stewart has, I don't want to say regressed to the mean, but he's just been the same as he was last season. It, it, it's just that these guys that I thought would take steps haven't. And I guess that's been the biggest disappointment for me as someone who thought this team would definitely compete for a 9 or 10 spot. Well, what's it called? I agree with you that – the fourth quarter stuff is like atrocious too, dude. The Thunder the other night were they shot? I, I don't know if they. Well, I well I, I I that was like the first full Pistons game I've watched because honestly I almost like turn it off when Cade's not in because they're that the bench stuff is like me and my buddies are talking about like I don't think I've seen Trey Lyles make a jump shot. Oh my gosh, he's terrible. He's terrible. And then I, 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 this is where this this is where I just look at Casey a little bit. I just do. I'm like. These rotations don't make sense. He gives way too many minutes to guys like Trey Lyles and, and even Kelly Olynyk when he's healthy, Corey Joseph. These guys play way too much. Like, you have young players. Play them. Play Garza. I, I, it's not even Garza. I don't know what's up with Saban. Well, I mean, he played the other night because Corey Joseph was out, thank God. But Cor- Dude, Corey I, Joseph like, I get that Corey Joseph. Oh, team guy, locker room guy. I, 
Dude, he's he not good. So much. He, he, he plays way too much, and he's not good. He's the most unwatchable Piston for me since Josh Smith. I swear. I'll die on that hill. He, what? I, yeah, tell the story bad. again about how you punched the wall in your basement. Oh, my God. Yeah, Josh Smith just... For new him. listeners of the Motown Rundown, this is like my favorite Trent story of all time. Yeah, it was like it was like Christmas time-ish because I was wearing my Pistons Christmas hat. And I was uh, my Santa hat and I was downstairs in the basement. It was my freshman year of high school and I'm watching the Pistons and it gets to a close game against the Celtics. And Josh Smith starts chucking three. This is like right before the Pistons cut him, by the way. And I remember the Pistons had three wins and, and we were in December and I was just living. I just love how you're just like, this team's not made the playoffs. Doesn't matter. I'm living and dying on this regular season. Oh game. Yeah, and, and so you can only imagine how I felt when, uh, when they did cut Josh Smith and they won seven in a row, but neither here nor there. Build a wall. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We're going to form a fucking wall. That was awesome. Yeah. So I went, I, anyways, Josh Smith basically lost it for the Pistons in the fourth quarter against the Celtics in December of 2014. And I went directly up to my bedroom and I punched a hole in my closet door. That's what I did. <laughs> Wait, your closet door? I thought it was just a wall. Dude, are you no, talking no, about no. like the wall was door? Closet Clarkson. doors are like thick. No, no this one wasn't. That's the oh, thing. Okay, it was, okay. It's like it's like the hollow kind where there's like. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you know I, the white ones that I'm talking about where they're yes. a little bit thicker and they fold out. I was gonna be like, "Geez, Trent." Yes. No, no, I wasn't. I wasn't Hulk like that. But anyways, that you, give give us your trade. So scenario. do you still want? Do you still want him fired? I. No, I don't necessarily want him fired. It's just something's got to give, man. Like this team, I don't, they to, need to do something. They're not and, playing nearly as good as they should. And and to your point, Collins, before I let you go, the fourth quarters have been horrible, both offensively and defensively. Cade Cunningham is your only player who rises to the occasion in those moments. Jeremy Grant shrinks. Sadiq Bay alarmingly shrinks a little bit. These guys don't play up to their potential. And the OKC game at one point, I'm not sure if the Thunder finished the fourth quarter this hot, but they were 15 of 15. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say that that's pretty good on offense. So your defense has to make some kind of adjustment, whether it be who's on the floor, even as simple as that. It's just not good. Dwayne Casey has not done a good job this year. Well, I think point blank, I mean, Sadiq has taken, uh, I'm not going to say a massive step back. He just can't shoot right now. So I'm former. Okay, no, so no, Sadiq, no, you're good. Sadiq, Sadiq can't shoot. That's what you're saying. No, he just uh, he hasn't been great. He and point blank, he's like taking a massive step back from what he and, and he's obviously in a bigger role than he was last year. Like he might, he was more efficient last year, obviously, but he wasn't yeah. getting the same minutes he's been getting. Well, defense like, is uh, actually key in on him now. That's the problem. No, no, I like some of the stuff he does. Yeah. Um, but um, I just. He is this every time he gets like an open look. I feel like he's rushing it or something. He's been a little bit off. Hayes has been a little bit better recently. He's still a long way away on the offensive side of the ball. I think what you're learning is as nice as Stewart is defensively as an energy guy, you need another big in there who has some offensive capabilities. And well, Jeremy Grant's been pretty solid this year, but you need a guy with like just. You throw two in the block. You can you can throw to the free throw line, and he can maybe make a pass or two. Because like, as much as I like Stewart, all he does is pick and roll. That's all he's gonna do for you offensively yeah. right now at this stage of his career. Which is fine. It's great to have guys like that, and you need a guy like that usually on NBA contending teams. But like, they have no guy on their roster that can get an easy bucket when they need one. Like Grant, he hits a lot of difficult shots and stuff. And he can be pretty inefficient, to be honest, sometimes. 
and like all the credit to him, like he he made difficult shots, and sometimes he gets on fire. But I, I, you need a guy who makes it a little bit easier for those perimeter players. And this was the point I was gonna make to you, Sean. I actually sent this to one of my buddies and a hypothetical trade: Would you give up Killian Hayes, a future first rounder, not this year's first rounder, future first rounder? And probably you would probably have to throw in Kelly Olenek or Jeremy Grant, either one of them, for Sabonis. No, no. Wait, wait. Why wait. you would do that? Yeah, I would. I guess. I guess to 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 Dude, your Demontis point Sabonis about- is not worth a first round pick. Period. Demontis Sabonis is a top twenty five player in the league. I don't know about. Yeah, but really? I don't think it's sustainable. Collins He's to, really to, good. God, maybe I should point- watch more basketball. Holy shit. Collins, to your point about this team needing a better scoring big, that would help. But I just, yeah, that's way too much to give up. Like Killian has seemingly turned the corner a little bit, and I'm fine. I, I, I don't know. Like Raps, I don't think. I, it's I, don't that think... Much, to be honest. I, I mean, I have a different. Everyone sees Killian's ceiling as this high thing. I could see Killian being a pretty good NBA player. I, I see. I'm gonna be honest. I see no scenario where he turns out to be a superstar. I really no, like. I, I, I don't either. I don't either. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, I, I mean, I'm not saying give away this first-round pick because the Pistons are probably going to be in another scenario where they're at least going to get a top-six pick, at least probably, with the way their season is going right now. So you obviously can't give up, like, that type of trade equity now. But at some point in this rebuild, and, like, especially in the NBA, I think, like, Detroit's on a free agent market. I think a lot of that is overplayed in a lot of other sports. But in the NBA, unless your team's super successful and has like a basis of like like the Bucks this year, you're not getting any free agents to go there. So I I wouldn't mind. I think Sabonis has two years left on his deal. He's 25. Taking a swing at Sabonis, be like, hey, it's contingent. You got to sign an extension here. I'm just saying Sabonis is really good. And, and, and – I just I like the fit with him and Cade Cunningham. When you think about building this team, you want to think about players that can play with Cade and fit well off of Cade, and he's one of those guys. So I just well, and, that, and that's fact, a good that's a good point, Collins. I guess I just wouldn't pay that price for him. But you're right. Well, I also just saw something from Sam Vinci from the Athletic where it says he thinks the best fit for Terrace Levert is the Pistons. Which I mean, I could I, sort I of see. I don't see that. I, I just don't. Well, I think a lot of people think Kane needs a really like scoring volume shooter around him, but he, like I don't really get with the Terrace thing because he's basically just a smaller Jeremy Grant, maybe yeah. with a little bit more offensive skill. He's better than Jeremy Grant, I would say, but I I don't think you're bringing in too much value. I think Sabonis immediately makes your team a lot better. Yeah, I don't know. I definitely. just I think Sabonis is really good, and I think I, I'm willing to give up. The Hayes, a, a future first rounder, or Grant, or and I'm just, I like you said, Trent. There's something they gotta do, and I know I you. This isn't like this is a long term move, regardless. Like Sponus is only 25 years old. Um, I just you, when you're the Pistons and you you're gonna hoard all these draft picks, you're gonna have all these sort of assets. Just don't like lose out on any of them, and don't like don't expect all these guys to pan out and hit. Like we already just saw Seiku, and I know this was the previous regime, basically gave him away for nothing. Yeah, and, and basically gave up on him. So like, if you, and I'm I, I'm not saying I'm giving up on Killian Hayes. I just if you watch him offensively, it's gonna take a long time, a really for him to be 
like the player you thought he was going to be. He's a nice player. I think eventually he could be a really nice guy who you could play off. I think the best scenario for him, which is a good scenario, is like Lonzo. I really do. A defensive, really good, smart, help side win who's able to facilitate, and when he's given open threes, he can hit them. I think that's the best case for Killian right now, which if all things go right, that's a great draft pick. I'm not saying that it's not. I'm just – Sabonis is a really good NBA player right now, and I'm, I, I think that immediately energizes your team, and I don't think he has a name brand value as most of these other big superstars, but I think he's a really good player, and you could get him – for a bargain price because Indiana Pacers are fire selling. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. 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 I, you make a compelling argument, Collins. I, I, that, there's no doubt about that. Look, the, the Pistons, when we take no one has said this here, is possible, by the way, either. Right. Like, right, this, right. They're not going to do this, but just, just a hypothetical of what could help the team. I hear you. I, I, my last point is just that the saving grace for Dwayne Casey, because I don't think he will be fired. And I'm not necessarily. Oh, and I don't necessarily want him fired. I am just simply bringing to the to everyone's attention, like he loves these young players. He's very vocal about it. He has he gives them all a very long leash. The problem is the one part he falls short in is minutes. Like he doesn't. He Corey Joseph gets a lot of point guard minutes, and you got two very young budding point guards who need to play. And that's just that's kind of the bottom line for me. Dwayne Casey will be fine. He'll stick around because when we do take a deep breath, it's like, yeah, Vegas had this team at winning 20-some games this year. It's not like this was the, the expectations were that high. But, yeah, Sadiq Bey hasn't taken the step we thought. Isaiah Stewart hasn't taken the step we thought. Jeremy Grant hasn't been quite as good as last year. Uh, Killian Hayes is still, you know, a long ways away. So we just have to be patient. I just thought we were a little further along than we are, and that is the bottom line. Yeah, I, I agree. They've been disappointed. And I think, Trent, more people are getting to that, like, stage where it's like, okay, Casey, like, you're supposed to be this guy who develops these guys and stuff, like, whatever. That's the thing is he 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 wants this job. Like, he's he's spoken so many times about how he loves this, this young core and he wants to see it through, so. Yeah, but, like, I understand a bit. Like, no, I, I'm agreeing with you, Trent. At some point, you need to, like, I get that you love Joseph. I get that. I mean, there's this, like, try something new. Like, Bryn Pickett up from the G League. Bryn, yeah. give, like, Garza more men. Like, do, do something because the bench stuff has been awful this year. It just it really has, has been. And that was, like, kind of, like, a strength for them last year. Yeah. And I like Frank. And to be honest, Frank Jackson has not been great. I, I think me and Trent vary on him. I like Frank Jackson. I think he could be a decent rotational player because I think he can shoot. But what they're – Asking him to do some of the times, so I'm like, okay, I like he's not a guy right now who's gonna like run your offense. Yeah, dude, I mean, he, he he took the last shot against the Warriors. They drew up a play for him, and I know he was having a great game, but it's just it's it's shit like that that I just have zero patience for. Whatever, whatever. They got a winnable game right now as we record against the Wizards. We'll see how that goes. Uh, you know, they they've got they play the Knicks before Christmas or, or a little after Christmas. And then they play the Rockets, the Pacers, uh, the the Pelicans. You know, they have winnable games on the schedule here before the new year. They just have to figure it out. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. They've looked like they're unwatchable if Cade's not playing. It's bad, yeah. All right. When's the next game? Right now. They're playing right the They're playing LCA. Yeah, I knew that. They're playing the Wizards. And after that, they play the Pelicans on Friday in New Orleans. Winnable hey, game. get two wins. 
Yeah, two wins. Seriously, please. I'm pretty. Isn't the is, our worst record than the Pistons? I'm pretty dude, sure. Dude, does I love hearing the news about Zion about like he weighs like 330 pounds right now? Like he's just fat. Like why? Like I love what? when people like say that. These guys are like six eight two, so he's overweight. Yeah, I get that, right. but like, yeah, he's I, huge. But still, he's a big oh, well, dude. No, your your Pistons currently, Ravs. Answer your question. No, they have the um the Pistons have the worst record in the league by a lot. Really? I thought the I thought the Wizards were like they started the year one and thirteen. The Wizards are fourteen and eleven. What? No, no, not the Wizards, not the the Pelicans. The Pelicans have seven wins. The Pistons have four. Jeez. Ah, no, the Pistons have three. I thought four. 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 Check. Yeah. Right. Well, here's a team that has one win on the season. What a sad as, way. Of, yes! as of Sunday. Your Detroit Football Lions against Ooh. all odds have won a football game. 29-27 over the Minnesota Vikings. They move to a league worst, 1-10-1. Um, Trent, you were at the game. Somehow, Jared Goff won Offensive Player yeah. of the Week. Yeah, um, on today's episode of shit, I thought I'd never see. Jared well, Goff, well, player, just, of the, player of the week, player of the game, anything. But but the fact that 25 for 41 with 296 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick, is what wins you player of the week was just surprising. Well, dude, it he, must have been a really he played awful. well. He played well. It's not like he played bad. He played well, and they, they factor in the fact that the Lions got their first win, too, I think. Yeah, I mean, so as far as the way that I'm interested in attacking this, Trent, you were at the game. I did not watch the game until around, like, the end when it was turned on at work, and I kind of saw, like, the last drive or so. Because for me, I, I was watching along, like, on my phone with the score, and I'm like, oh, the Lions are up. Cool. And then in typical Lions fashion, they were like losing, like somehow they just completely blew everything. They shit all over themselves and they were losing. And at that point, I was like so bitter. I was like, good. I hope they lose. They're a joke. They obviously ended up pulling off the win. You know, it was a pretty nice drive to come back down the field. And then obviously Amon Ross St. Brown gets his first touchdown of the season and of his career uh, to win you the game, the little dink and dunk all the way down the field. So I mean, Trent, if you want to, if you want to look at this from an actual X's and O's standpoint, and what you thought looked good and what didn't, I didn't watch enough of the game to give you that. I would just like to comment. Did you after watch we're the all game at all, Rebs? I watched. I watched the end of it when they were like driving. I watched like the last drive. That's that's what I watched because yeah, like I, I said, what I did. I watched yeah. the entire game, and then when they went for it the second time and didn't get it in their own territory, I turned the game off. I was so irate. Took a shower, got mm-hmm. out, and then I found out they won. I'm going to walk off. You guys are, you guys need to. Trent, are you serious? Did you see that second time they went for it? You're going to blame Yes. They did that twice. I've never seen a team get stopped on a QB sneak twice. Well, no, it wasn't a QB sneak the second one. It was. Was it? No, there was was a trick play. He rolled out to pass. Oh, yeah. My bad. My bad. My bad. No, No, you're good. I it should have been. Well, a I sound like an idiot. Well, I still. I it's uh, like I literally turned. I it was unbelievable. Okay. Well, the bad news for you guys is I had souvenirs for you, but uh, in order for me to give them to you, you had to watch the game. So I will. I will. I did watch the game. I, I, I don't get my. I don't get my souvenir because I didn't watch a football team with zero wins. Nope. Nope. You don't get. You don't get what your complimentary it? Tracy Walker poster. That. Uh, uh, I don't. I, want I actually want that. Shove it. Put it in the <laughs> oven. <laughs> I want that. Okay. Yes, Rabs. Let me attack this a little bit, I guess. This win 
and for all intents and purposes, was a very good win. It was. You came in with a game plan. You executed. It was tight. There was adversity. I, I, it was worth the wait. So these guys deserve a hell of a lot of credit, seriously. Like Dan Campbell deserves credit. Jared Goff deserves credit. All the way down to these Brad Holmes draft picks, these rookies deserve credit because everybody made plays. And there's a couple names that I want to run through here. Of course, you got Aminara St. Brown at 10 catches in the game winner. Credit. Penny Sewell has the second highest pro football focus tackle rating since week six currently. Credit. Charles Harris has two sacks and a forced fumble on Sunday. Credit. Julian Okwara had a sack. He also recovered a fumble. Jerry Jacobs had two tackles for loss. Ali McNeil got through for a couple pressures. TJ Hawkinson was incredible. And my favorite, Derek Barnes was exceptional. He stopped that critical Vikings two-point conversion attempt to tie the game with nine-ish minutes left, kept the Lions up too. So the average age of the guys I just listed is 22.9. I don't want to bore everyone with numbers, but this is where I look at Rabs when, when he asks, who are the young guys you're building around? Those are the guys. And, and like everyone I just listed off is a Brad Holmes guy, except for Hawkinson and Okwara. So that to me is something you got something there. Jerry Not to Jacobs mention legit. Yes. Like legit. He's really good. He's like Quandre Diggs reincarnated. Same exact player. I don't even know. A different position. But. Well, yeah, but he, he, he could be the same. Like they could convert him like they did with Quandre. Like he, he almost has the same. No, I, I get what you're saying, but I, what I've seen out of Jerry J, he was like legit was holding up with Jefferson. Yeah. Yeah. And he's physical, man. And he just, he played, he played well. Will Harris also played well, but I refuse to give him any. No, we don't, yeah, we no, don't I've, speak fondly. Yeah, someone Harris playing a lullaby podcast. in the background. What is that? Oh, sorry. I'm playing with a uh, snow globe. <laughs> I mean, oh my God. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas from the Motown Rundown. But I didn't know you guys would hear that. Uh, yeah, I was like, what is happening? Yeah, I thought it was like a baby. Who's toy putting thing. their kid to bed? But right, um, no, so, so, no, I'm just talking. I'm talking about all those young guys that I just listed through. Not to mention you've lost Frank Ragnow, Jeff Okuda, Romeo Okwara, and Quint Cephas for the whole year. So those are four other young building blocks. I'm just saying the bottom line is the young players and good coaching, not great coaching, good coaching won you the game on Sunday. That's what it was. There were some questionable calls here and there, questionable coaching decisions. So that's where I want to shift my focus to. The offensive play calling. Well, I go for it, Collins. I keep cutting you off because my connection is so bad in my basement. But um, I watch all the games at literally the last drive because I was, I I just thought they were going to lose it now because I mean they that second quarter was the best Lions played all year. Yeah, I mean they actually put it on. I mean golf actually looked pretty good in that second quarter. I will say this: the Vikings literally had no one in their defense. They were all banged hey, up. That, I I take issue with that though because why do you? Their their best two players on their defense didn't play. The Lions' best five players, except for T.J. Hawkinson, are all hurt. So I I don't I, I just I don't like I don't. No, I'm not. There's no excuses in winning, but there's a reason why Jared Goff looked better. Well, yeah, but you've also played other bad defenses this year, and he hasn't done shit. So I, I, I give him credit for rising to the occasion yesterday, and when it mattered, he had a great drive to win the game. I'm not – I don't – I don't – like, they were – I'm just saying the Vikings were very, very banged up. That's not what the Vikings have looked like all year on the defensive side of the ball. That's just what I'm saying. So That is fair. That is fair. So I'm I wanna... just, Like, there was a reason why he had a really nice game. I think they were – they didn't know what they were doing for the majority of the game. I mean, they settled down a little bit in the second half, but um, 
I've always said this. I, I not giving up on Campbell. I was last week. I was very upset with the way they handled Thanksgiving. And there was a lot of stuff that I didn't like that they did this week. I, I really like, I, I get the analytics telling you to go for it sometimes. And I, I like, you got to take your chances and stuff. With this offense, sometimes they just like, I don't understand like some of the play calling or the confidence in some of these fourth down play calling, but I'll move on from that. My big point with Dan Campbell, and because I was actually talking to my buddies about this, I was saying this pre show to you guys. I think Dan Campbell's going to win here. I really do. I like, but to the extent where people are like, actually, we're going to seriously win, I actually, as different as he is than Jim Caldwell, I really see a similar scenario happening with him where they get to just the players love him. You can tell that. And every, like, I think as a culture, they will like benefit for having Dan Campbell around. But when it gets to like, when it's serious business, he still is just, and it's his first year. He can prove me wrong. I just, he doesn't pass that, that test when it matters. And it's schematically, or when you're in a, tight situation with time management. I haven't seen something where I'm like, this guy's going to be a competent NFL coach. The players are going to love him. So if they get competent players in here, because this roster sucks. You, there's many things you can judge Dan Campbell on, but like if you give him a good roster, the guys are going to play for him, which yep. is half the battle in the NFL. So I think Dan Campbell is going to win to some extent. I don't think he's going to be this crash and burn failure. I know I was super negative the last two weeks, but like, I think you're lying to yourself if you've seen some stuff in previous weeks where it's just like, oh, one win that forgives all. Like, oh, the, you see the locker room, the players love him. That that cancels out all the dumbest decisions and the way he's coached the last couple of weeks. Like, I just, I don't, I think some of the stuff he's done in previous week is pre previous weeks is obviously more indicative of what he will do with a better roster than some of the positive stuff that they did this week. I hope he proves me wrong. I like Campbell. I'm not saying that. I hope he is able to turn that around in that fashion, the in-game stuff. But, like, when it comes to locker room itself, I don't think that's ever been a question. These guys are going to play for him. So, yeah. I, like, the whole like, argument is, like, just wait till you get a good roster. I think he will get a good roster. But I also think he will handicap them from going to higher heights because he is just not a guy who I think is capable of elevating a roster like some certain guys in NFL are. And I know that that's a very small percentage. And Dan Campbell, I he's a guy that I think will be successful enough for he'll be able to coach somewhere else possibly. But I just I, – I think people who are like, just give him a roster and you, you can't judge him off anything this season. I think that's just wrong. I think you can judge Dan Campbell off some stuff this season. Hey, that, that's fair. I'm not going to disagree with you because, like, I, I don't agree as much, but I definitely know what sentiment you're – like, I, I, I totally get that. He was horrible on Thanksgiving. He wasn't great in that Pittsburgh game. Team wasn't ready in that Eagles game. There's a lot you can look at. So I am totally with I'm, – I'm with you, Collins. Just I'm not, I'm not all the way there. I, I just want to talk about this game for a second, what Campbell did, because I think the offensive play calling was – if we're going to compare it, like if the bar was what we've seen through 11 games, the offensive play calling last Sunday was excellent. I mean, it was, it was, it was like unreal, dude. They actually threw the ball downfield a little bit. This Josh Reynolds guy can stretch a little bit. And, and, and Khalif Raymond got open a few, like people were getting open and it didn't make sense because you didn't have Swift. You didn't have, 
You don't have Ragnow still. Like, I don't understand how, how whatever. It's just so up and down. I'm going to St. Brown at a fantastic game. TJ Hoganson had a great game. Brock Wright getting in the end zone is pretty fun to watch. So that that's it. Campbell just deserves credit for that, point blank, because if he is calling plays, the play calling was good. There was the one fourth and one that Collins was talking about that was very questionable. And if we I, lost, I, if you lose the game, if you lose the game, that definitely gets talked about a lot more. But well, the reason why they did that, not Trent, sorry, I completely fucked up earlier when I was talking about the play thing. But they didn't get a first. I've never seen. It was like fourth and inches, and they didn't get it on a QB sneak because golf has like yeah. literally noodle webs. Yeah, like he just says, like uh, he definitely doesn't do web presses. I don't either. Well, no, no. So that's why that's, would I? But Collins, um, you're right. That's a prime example, though. That's case in point of just like if you do give Campbell like a a somewhat athletic quarterback, he'll get that. So it's no, like but that's it, why they didn't do it the second time. That's why yes. they didn't QB sneak the second time. Correct. Because... And you didn't and you didn't have Swift, so you didn't necessarily want to run it. Although I would have handed it right off to Jamal Williams, but neither here nor there. Yeah, but so I I I get what you're saying, Trump. I and. It's so hard to talk about this Lions team because there's just there's so many deficiencies. So you can the, our nitpits are really just like on a grand scale mean nothing. Really don't. And hopefully there's a better roster here next year so you can judge them a little bit more. But I'm just saying like you don't want like it, the case or Dan Campbell is not over. It's not like case close. This guy sucks. I just I hate the reaction of people on Twitter and people who I know who like the Lions are like, hey, man, you can't judge Campbell on this year about anything. This roster is just so bad. Like, you can – I get they're playing hard. That's a, that's a positive. I see that. That's a positive that these guys want to play from. I also see a lot of negatives. So you take the positives and the negatives. And the positives that I've seen is that it's clear, and I think from the day you hired him, he was going to be a player's coach. The players love playing for him. So – that's a positive. And then the negative is some of the in-game stuff needs to be worked out and fits immediately. Yes. And, and I will say this, and I, I don't just want to like criticize Mike Valeni's takes every time we come on here. Cause he, he and I are polar opposites. It's just that like, I would love to see you and him have a conversation. Dude, he was ripping the team for celebrating the way they did in the locker room. Well, and, dude, that was, that. I agree with him. No, that was the guy. Labs, was, no, the what the Woodward? fuck, man? It, 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 they, this is their job. They they didn't win in a year. That's and actually they won. Like a lose. Yeah, I I completely no. agree with you, Trent. The Did you see the guy is... from Woodward? Oh my god, no! I Woodward sports. What? Wait, what? What about Woodward? Dude, those guys are a bunch of hacks. That's a like a. It's unbelievable. It's yeah, they so say bad. they have some of the hottest dates. It's it's, it's actually kind of entertaining, but. Like I think Darren it was like McCarty one of the morning guys. I think it was, did, his name said Adam Baydoon or something. I might be saying his last name wrong, but um, he he had the same tape basically Felani did. That like Sheila Ford Hamp, how embarrassing it was for her to be in the locker room. Dude, I that's like, just such the team. That's such a, <laughs> that's like, such a dude. It is such a lazy cares? fucking take. It's such it's, a lazy it take. It's it's embarrassing. No, it's not. That's that's where Rabs is such a hardo. No, well, I am I gonna get am I gonna get a chance to defend myself here? If I was in the Lions and we won a game, I would dance after every game. Are you guys gonna keep making fun of me? Yeah, I I am. I have okay. Maybe I'll rephrase what I'm saying. I have I have no I have no problem with the play. Obviously, they won a game. Like the players are excited. They've worked. They've worked hard. They've come up short a couple times. Yeah, yeah. So your justifications it should end there. So they're allowed to celebrate. 
Yeah. The, okay. So the players are, I agree, Collins. The fact that the fucking owner, like it just goes to show how bad the Lions the are. That's what the guy from it, Woodward said. But it goes, it goes to show how bad the organization is and how self-aware that like they, they have leaned in there. There's like, no, the Lions like have the fakest commitment to like being like becoming good. They, they just lean into the fact that they're like an embarrassing franchise. So like the fact that the owner has to go down after team Raps. after they win their she first cares. game, she cares. What does she know? To, but like, like dude, everything they, they, Sheila does, every it's not the first she, win. No, it's not the no, first win in no. franchise history. They've everything, won games before. They are bad. Anytime Sheila That's does anything, she gets yet. ripped for. They're what bad. Does she, what does Sheila do wrong? Nothing. Dude, I'm, I'm the one that defends I, Sheila. I right, have defended she was, Sheila she all was, year. She was because visibly happy, genuinely happy. They I won a know. game. What's wrong with that? I know. I think there's I'm just nothing saying, wrong with that. It's, I'm, I'm just with saying you. it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing in the national scope. It's embarrassing that they gave Jared Goff a pity award for NFC Offensive Player of the Year. It was just overall embarrassing. Of the, the fact that the fact that like the crowd almost ran on the field during that game. Like that's how like the players all went to go celebrate in the stand that like they just won a national championship and fought. like it was it was embar- it was embarrassing. I was embarrassed. Hey, okay, I was like, Rabs. okay, this is a team. This is a team that had a had a over under. What are you wanting to do, like, Rabs? Just be that's happy. I, I, just leave. Just walk off the field and, and get ready for next week. Go. Rabs, Rabs is the dad. You say no. What Barry did when he scored a touchdown, just handed it to yes. the ball. Yeah. Oh my God. Rabs, no, this is this is the. I just I think this is a lazy take from you. I really it do. Is. Lazy. It's, it's lazy. lazy. It is. La- it's so lazy to to, <laughs> to to the Mike Valenis of the world to just be like. Dude. Yeah, the Lions suck, so they can't celebrate after think, winning a game in December. Lazy, I don't think lazy is the right word. The right no, it's, word. it's just easy. It's easy to just do that. No, like, oh, it's the Lions not. Suck, it's, so I actually, I actually have a. I actually have seen the future. I have the foresight to know this is not something to get excited about. It's not. You're the the, the fact that the fact that we are sitting here. 12 weeks into the season and I have to go on Twitter and see the Detroit moments account. These guys love this coach. And I got, I got to see all these videos about this team. Like they just like made, you know what, if they win a playoff game, I'm fine with that. You go ahead. You guys can, you Trent, you can run down from the 303 section, 319. You can run on the field, take your shirt off, whatever. But the fact that this was the, like, I would have been almost like, like, like it's like finally, like yes. Do you want a pat on the back for winning a game? Is that is that really what we've lowered our expectations to? I don't, like this, this is, season for me, the season's over. Everyone on that team, everyone on that everyone team, knows that. I don't understand. They I don't, don't care understand. if they win another game all year. They're done. They've thrown the towel in. The coach is already moving on to next year. They're done. That was the Super Bowl for that team. That that was it. That was the only. They have been what so bad this here? year. They have been so bad. They have been so bad this year that that they just they realized that as long as we can get one win, the season has been a success. That's it. No, that's it. That's not at all what the no. I'm embarrassed. I was embarrassed by the reaction. You know how much worse it would be if this team went 0-16 and one. You know how bad that would be. 
the, for them to win a game, it's not, of course, it's not like winning a playoff game. I'm not saying that whatsoever. What I'm simply saying is that's a stepping stone and somewhat of a building block for the team. Because you know I don't what? Know if it is. No, it is. It, it is. is. Rabs, you see how bad this team is and how bad this roster is. They are and bad. How, how bad the coach can be in tight spots. Like, to, yeah, to win a game <laughs> and to win a game the way they want it. To completely lose the lead and then go take the game. Like, that's that's a big deal for them. And, and for them to go celebrate with the fans, that's because the fans and the people in the stadium spend their hard-earned money and love the team. And they're elated that the Lions won. So so that is why. Right, say that as – no, you need to – whenever you get in a tangent like that, you need to be as a season ticket holder. You yeah, need yeah, to start yeah. off – Yeah, throw the qualifier in there. As a season ticket holder, I'm allowed to – no. I – Rem, see, all these – I – I said the same thing about Harbaugh when Harbaugh was chirping at Ohio State. He, these guys get so much shit. Like, they get so much, like, they get trashed on. Either it's on Twitter or in the media and stuff like that. When you win, celebrate. Who cares? I, I'm more for that. Rabs, I get to the I'm fact, this, I, I agree with happy. The, the sentiment, Rabs, where I agree with you, where I think the Fords have the fakest commitment to winning. I completely agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> but when they actually win games, I don't see the harm in celebrating. This is a very like first take debate we're having right now. I, I know, I know, but, but it's Collins, like does Dak care because Collins, he didn't smile in his press conference? Collins, the the point I'm trying to make is this is an organization that has won games before. They won games last year. Yeah, this yeah. is not. It, it's Have not like it's the. It's not like before? the first win. It's it's um, it's not like it's like the first win in franchise history. I. You know what? Feels maybe like it's it. fine. Maybe it's fine because the head coach got his first win. Like that's. Yes. I, I get it. That's I'm what just it is, saying, Rabs. Like, it's the just, it's the new regime what, finally got their first. Yes. Win. Yes. But Trent. Trent. If this team only if this team finishes with one win this year, it's still embarrassing. Like I'm not looking at this like it well, at least they won one. I, it could be zero or zero, one, two, three. It's all it's all bad. It's okay, that's bad. fair, but that's not what you were saying five minutes ago. You were saying you can't celebrate when you win no, a game. I said the players can sell. I'm just look, the, the point here's my here's my closing, my closing remarks. Th- this this win and this team. I have still do do not really have any faith. I'm not, this did not, I think this win for some people, they have like bought back in like, okay, yeah, like the Lions, like here we go on the right track. I still think they're going to get pumped next week and every week following. Like, I don't think they have anything left in the tank to, to, to get a win. I don't. So I'm just saying, I'm looking at this going, okay, guys, like here's your, Here's your here's your uh, moral victory because you guys won a game this year. But I just want you to know, if, as a fan and as a fan who has been through some of the worst years in this franchise's existence, and what is it, poverty franchise? This in no way, shape, or form has given me like a spark of hope at all. I had like I, my my feelings about this team has not changed. I don't think they're going to win any more games the rest of the year. I don't think they're going to be good next year. I don't know if they're going to be good the year after that. And by the way, just something that pisses me off, you realize we could have had Micah Parsons, right? I know Penny Sewell's been great. We could have had Micah Parsons. Penny Penny Sewell has been amazing. Now now I just say, you're not, okay. You're not watching the team. You're not watching (laughs) the team. I know he's been good. I'm done. Can't Amazing. I'm done. Clap hats off, Trent. I hope it's, I'm sure it'll be sold out next week. 
Rebs, do you know who the Lions were playing this week? Uh, can I guess? Yes. Uh, they already played Pittsburgh. Um, hang on. Time out. Next, they're not playing the Cardinals. It's not a one o'clock kick. How about that? That's a Is it on Thursday? No. S- Sunday? Not a one o'clock kick. Yes, it's they're, a Sunday. It's a four o'clock kick. How's that? They're playing on, at the Cardinals. Now you're just giving them a. Well, if you tell, he knows at it's not Cardinals. in prime time. No, no, no. They play the Broncos. At the Broncos. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, hold on. Let me pull it up on my phone. We still have to. We have to somehow get our feet back under us with the picks. I have no idea. We don't know. I don't know how we keep messing this up. We got. Well, I, I have the sticky look. notes. I just have to update them, and I I never. Okay, Lions, Lions at the six and six Broncos, four oh five kick in Denver. Um, right now the line is currently eight and a half. Uh, the, the the Broncos are eight and a half point favorite. Over under is forty two points. Should I want me to start because because Trent you had the Lions this week and they won. I'll I'll start. I always make Trent start. Trent, you are the king of the show as of now. Um, eight and a half. I, I don't really have a good like feel for the Broncos. I don't know if they're like good or not. And Def- I mean, defensively, they're really good. Yeah. Like defensively they're sound. I know that, but I just like, I don't really know like where they're going. Like I if they like actually think Teddy Bridgewater is like going to like take them over the edge at some point. I mean, Drew Locke stinks too. So I'll take the lions. Like, cause I think eight and a half is too many points. I do not think they will win the game. But I, I don't think the Broncos are good enough to warrant being an eight-and-a-half-point favorite over anyone. Uh, 42 points, I'm going to go under because I don't think the Lions – I think the I could see the Lions scoring like six points in this game off of field goals. Who's the kicker for the Lions now, by the I way? I don't know. He's money, dude. I don't even know what his name is. He was really good last week. I think it's week. like Patterson or something. I oh, yeah. Listen, when, I, when you're drunk and up in th- Section 3-something – all these kickers, they've had like five kickers this year, so I can't yep. keep track. I, I just can't. Yeah, under 42, I will take the Lions because eight and a half, eight and a, the, the Broncos being an eight and a half point favorite is disrespectful to the league. So, um, I'm going to take the Lions. I actually think them winning will give them a little juice coming out. I bet Dolph actually has a nice first half, and then they just kind of go to like return to form under and Lions. Yeah, I uh, the Broncos don't move the ball well. They're they're only like thirty yards per game more than the Lions on offense. They do have a very solid defense, like Collins mentioned. So that's where they're really going to have an advantage, especially with Swift out. Uh, there's also been a flu outbreak on the Lions. So there you go, Great. little little inside info. I will take the Lions to cover. I do not think they. <clears throat> I think it would be a really tough game to win, just because Denver's also a hard place to play. But you're right, Rabs. Eight and a half's a lot. Lions cover and it goes under. Consensus quake, so no one will be yeah. moving in the standing this week. That's yeah, awesome. Consensus That's quake. fine. That's fine. Okay, uh, let's do the trifecta, and we will get out of here. Okay, Trent's trifecta. Thanks for coming. I'm talking slow because I have to pull it up on my phone. Oh, Trent, okay. while you're doing that, can I mention something that's absolutely fucking banana land right now that I'm reading? Yes. The Arizona Coyotes have been locked out of their of their arena because they're no, someone's not paying like the bills for renting the like what like. They like they're not allowed in their arena until someone pays this bill. You want to talk about incompetent franchises? Well, I mean, they like okay, incompetent from the standpoint of the arena was built in a really bad spot. No one goes to the game because they've historically been really, really bad. They're like, this is like the Arizona Coyotes. This is so off on a tangent. The Arizona Coyotes are going through one of the most aggressive rebuilds in the history of sports. Like, I think they have like eight first round picks next year. Like, they have sold like everyone on their team is just like, like, 
gone from that. Kessel will be the next one to get traded. But it is unbelievable how much they have destroyed that team. Like they have completely blown it up besides like Jacob Chicker and Clayton Keller. I'm trying to think who else is on that team. Lawson Krause. But like it, it, like the arena thing is just, it's always been a problem. And they are like the least valuable franchise in the NHL, like monetarily. So I feel for them. They got to figure that out. But like just, the, could you imagine just like showing up to like, I don't know if they have a game tonight. I hope they don't. But could you imagine like showing up for practice and, the security said, yeah, we can't let you guys in here because someone's not paying the bills. Like that, that's just sad. So anyway, try fact there. Well, yeah. Okay. That was actually, that's a very interesting little tidbit. I can't wait to hear Scott Van Pelt talk about that. Tonight. Oh my God. I, I, this is awesome. I got to find us on Twitter. This is so funny. Sorry. Go ahead. Question one, say one nice thing about your uncle. What? Say a nice thing about your uncle. You guys always talk about your uncles, uncles on here. I have yeah, multiple no, uncles. Uncle I have a million uncles. Uncle Steve, Collins, pick one. Uh, what's it called? I don't know. Just all, I just like all my uncles on my dad's side because they're just collectively nut jobs. <laughs> okay, that's good. Rabs, one nice thing about Uncle Steve. This is, this uh, is a very lazy question, but I don't care. Um, nice thing about Uncle Steve. Uh, Uncle Steve has a big heart. He cares about everyone. Uh, oh, that was nice. Big heart. He's always, always good to give advice. He'll be on. You could talk to Uncle Steve on the phone for like three hours. He wouldn't bat an eye. Like, and I'll, I'll give one to my Uncle David too. My Uncle David is such a hilarious storyteller. Like, I just love, I just love listening to him talk. He's got all these like crazy like words that he uses. Like, he always uses brutal. He uses unreal all the time. Shocking. So like so a lot of those things people will hear me say. It's right from my Uncle David. So shout out Uncle Dave and Uncle Steve. Yeah, there you go. Inside info. Um, second question. What is the best and worst social media app? Twitter. I love Twitter. So Twitter's the best. Both ways. I would agree Twitter. It's the best and the worst. Well, okay. That's actually, that's a really good point. <laughs> that's it is. A really good point. Okay. I go on Twitter all day. That's all I do. My worst is TikTok. Hate it. Don't have it. Never will. Well, What's I. the best? Twitter? Yeah. Twitter's do you have TikTok, Rebs? I We're not going to do this conversation. Dude. I don't like. No. You definitely okay. Rabs is definitely a guy who judges you if you're a TikTok. Guy. I I just think you so definitely. I was well, either that or Rabs has like a TikTok burner. No, I was a part of the Vine generation. I loved Vine. I loved it's Vine. Like the same thing. Yeah, but no, because Vines were six seconds long. These the no, I like, know. I think TikTok. It's just TikTok has just like pumped up this culture of like you don't oh, actually have to be you don't actually here have to be go. talented. You don't have to be talented. Like you don't have to really provide anything to the world. You just make Babs, these videos. Let me hear your thoughts on Addison Ray. I don't even like. That's the thing. She just like dances and like the the D'Amelio sisters. Like these these people. Have you heard Ditsy songs? Or they're fire. They live in these mansions just all for what? Because they post video like sixty second videos of them doing nothing. I and, like. I just think it has ruined like the generation of kids coming up through high school now. And I think if you're like an actual like working. <laughs> functioning adult and you get caught on t- like of all things like TikTok. like i go on twitter a lot i go on instagram a lot like i'm on snapchat but to just mindlessly look and i do i get i'm not like i'm guilty of it because i get those shorts on like and those in those reels i get caught up in them but like i just think the app tiktok itself and what it stands for like what it's built like it's just like nothing to me it's useless so that's by you're far such an old man i just that's by far the worst. The best, I would say, let's talk like practicality. I think, think about Snapchat for a second. 
That's not but social like, media though. It's yeah, like a I know, but it's like how it's like revolutionized. Like it's a crazy like how like Snapchat was just not a thing, and now it is, and it's like unbelievable. I would say yeah, like Twitter. Like I, I like looking through Twitter and like people that are funny on Twitter like make me laugh. I don't like serious Twitter stuff. Is just like, dude, you know, the best. I people like the Michigan, Michigan State like Twitter toxicity. It is like it like fuels my fire. Off the I hate Scott Bell. By the way, well, you know, I, Scott I, Bell, if he died, I would not care. I'm just, oh. I, I want that on the record. Like, I, 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 it would be terrible. Like, it would be sad. Like, I don't want anyone to die ever, but I'm just saying, if someone were to be Chip like, Hale. if you someone were to, you want to yeah. chip hell dead. Yeah, you, 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 you publicly I, said you want to chip hell dead. I don't know about that. I was not happy you that said day. That. You did. But you I'm said. just saying, I like Scott Bell. <laughs> If if someone were to tell me like oh did you hear like Scott Bell I'd be like oh like all right like I would like I would move on from that so quickly it would be terrible because I don't want anyone to die ever that's a terrible thing to say that I just said but I like would not care <laughs> it, it wasn't that much no but I I don't know I love Twitter I love Twitter but I also hate Twitter just because that so. yeah well best and worst was a really good philosophy thing that you said Collins Dude, what's funny what's funny about Collins like Ryan Collins Twitter game is I I know when Ryan Collins is going to tweet I like I'll like there'll just be like a game going on that I'm, I know Collins is watching this and I know the things that set him off I just like know when you're in like Collins tweets are always so like they're just like a couple of words, but they make such a huge impact because they just sum everything up like really well. It's just, I just, well, yeah, I can and see it's also, a mile away. it's also so well, when I used to I in college, go. when I mean, especially before the pandemic, when I was like locked, first of all, I like haven't been able to watch as many games as I used to, but I used to like, especially in the winter, I'm dialed into like, I would have like two TVs going every night. So mm-hmm. there would be the 10 30 NBA game, I would tweet, I think, every like Thursday about. I'm like, what is Sacramento doing? So I don't know. I yeah. my my Twitter volume has gone down substantially. Well, I think we're all here for more Collins Twitter. So so yeah. figure that out. Yeah, like Ryan Ryan Collins, 11 20, 21. Great showing today. Like that's like MSU played so bad, and like that's all I had to say was great show. Like I like I just knew it was coming. Why was Brutus wearing a suit? Did you see that? No, during game day, he was wearing a suit to the no. game. It was the 11, 11 14, 21. Ryan Collins, great tie. Period. Great tie. I don't know what that was in reference. That was the Lions. It was, it was the, the Lions, Lions tie. Oh. Great tie. It was a great tie. Favorite <laughs> right. team, Rabs. Your favorite team ever. Okay. <laughs> Last question. Then we can get out of here because I, I, I got to. I got to. I got to. Oh, that's right. You got to. Right. You're going to the bar. One song you wish didn't end. Like. What like what's a what's an amazing not necessarily your favorite song because you know, mm. I'm, I'm talking like a song that is just so beautiful. That's a great question. Or you just love it that much to the point where you wish it didn't like when it ends. You're like fuck, and you gotta like start it over. No, the best. That's like, I mean, I know you. Like, I don't have an aux in my car right now. So oh, when dude, oh, a song on the radio, how so do when you a song survive? on the radio ends, it's like devastating. But that's how we it all it always used to be. You know what I mean? Yeah, like when your favorite right. song. Like yeah, so think, think about it in that context. Yeah. Uh, ooh. What is yours, Trent? Do you have one in mind? Nothing Else Matters by Metallica. By no means is it my favorite song whatsoever. It's not even my favorite Metallica song. It's just that good. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Go check it out. Okay. Rabs, do you have one? I don't even know. I would say, like, just I, I, I would need more time to think, but I think Easy on Me by Adele. Like, just the piano. It's such a beautiful song. That's like, I could listen to the piano just in that, like, over, like, of course, over and over and over and over again. 
hit someone when you hit someone in the face over and over and over and over and over and over. Remember that from Marshawn Lynch? I don't know what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. Is, there a, deeper, is there, there a deeper? Is there a deeper theme there? Run through a motherfucker face. <laughs> <laughs> I think we talked about our we didn't say our Spotify draft last week, but it was just uh oh we lost Collins. Collins, right, wait, wait, back up. Back up like here. Back up like two sentences. So Spotify what's it called? Rap. You were talking about the Spotify rap, and I thought it was funny how like you didn't look at what people like and how people judge. And if I knew if I wish I want to send raps my Spotify rap because you just judge me so hard because it's just a bunch of mainstream guys. <laughs> Let and me guess. Can I guess? A- Hold on, Collins. Let me guess who's in your. Can I, okay, I'm gonna go top five artists. Let's hear it. I don't want to. I don't. I'm not gonna go one through five. Quinn XCII is on there. Number one. That's <laughs> so good. Um, um, fuck. Is either Luke Combs or Luke Bryan on there? Nope. So Morgan Wallen's on there. He is on there. Yeah. Okay. Taylor Swift. There's two. No, but she's my most listened to artist of the decade. Jack Harlow? God, no, no, no. I don't. I like Jack Harlow. Uh, Oh, a lot of people do. I just don't listen to rap like that. Kanye? He's the most listened to. Not this year, no. Okay. I give. I. This is gonna. This. This this will just go on. Bieber, Machine Gun Kelly. Oh yeah, dude. And then Chelsea Copeland. Can I say something real quick? Machine Gun Kelly. It's about Machine Gun Kelly making bad music. You're wrong. I I just I, the people you don't like have to Machine like him. Gun his Kelly. music's fire. Trent, do you I like do. his music? <laughs> um, time and a place. Time and a place. No. So do you not like Blink One Eighty Two and stuff like that? Do you not I like, like Blink One Eighty Two? That's what Machine Gun Kelly music is now. Don't don't not ever put those two in the same. The guy breath. who produced his album, Tra- I mean, Rabs is Travis Barker. So it's basically Blink One Eighty Two music. Yeah, but it's not. I don't listen. I've never like really heard a Machine Gun Kelly song. Besides uh, Wild Boy, which I think is one of the – I actually blame I, Rabs, Wild Boy I'm not for kidding why people listen to his albums today. Which album? Bloody Val- – It's I think it's Tickets to My Downfill, but listen to the song Bloody Valentine and tell me you don't like it. It's fire. Okay, I will. I will. I okay. actually will. Well, I would argue that his new stuff, like he's doing like this rock thing now. It's, it's more just, pop punk. It's it's fire. It's, it's fire. a lot better than his rapping. His rap no, his rap stuff sucks. I, I won't listen to that. No, yeah. I completely agree. Yeah, so that's Machine all. Gun Kelly. What a I know. I never thought I would say it either. It's it's frankly embarrassing when you first say it, and then you listen to his music. You're like, it's fire. It's fire. <laughs> so, Colin, what's your song you would hope never would end? Love Story? Uh, I don't know. You get a new song out, Colin's Machine Paper Cuts. Have you heard it? I have heard it, but don't play that one. That one's not that good. Um, I'm trying to think. Probably like a Bieber song when it's hot. I'm a big like hit maker song. So when it's like a big hit, Mm-hmm. Like when Bieber had Sorry going and that came on the radio, I was like going to that. So Collins, any like hit- did you like Tyo Cruz back in the day? Tyo yeah. Cruz. Dynamite had a dynamite had a run, but yeah. Go I like mainstream music, just point blank. I don't know. I break, break yeah, so that's all. That's all I got. Thanks for coming. Yeah, you gotta get Trent said get out of here. So Trent, you going to the bar? I am. Oh, boy. All right. Well, that's all for today's episode of the Motown Rundown for Trent Bailey and Ryan Collins. I am Ryan Rabinowitz. Say, submit any questions, comments, or suggest some topics for the show. We're on Twitter at Motown underscore Rundown. Wait, wait, wait. On Facebook. Wait. wait. What? I I just have to interrupt. Canine for Heisman. Canine for Heisman. Motown. I I don't want to talk about that because I can talk about it for hours. Talk about next week. I I just Uh, have to throw it in. Motown Rundown page on Facebook. 
do not miss a single episode of the show. We record every week. Uh, Apple Podcasts, check us out. Spotify, all that good stuff. Other than that, I got nothing else. Thank you guys for listening. We love you very much. We'll see you next time.